0: This show might contain adult language.
1: <laughs> you better believe it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a warm welcome to the Red and Blue Review. My name is Nick Philpot. Do I want to be here? Probably not. Why are you here? Ask yourself. Give your heads a wobble. I'm shortly going to be joined by the crew, and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this week, which I shall go into in a bit more detail when they come and join us. Holyoke, good evening, mate. How are you?
2: Evening all. I am going to say I hope you're well, but I very much doubt it.
1: <laughs> uh, welcome back, Paul Gear, The real panel, how are you, mate?
3: Hi, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, still pretty fuming from yesterday's events, but uh, bearing yeah. up
1: slowly. Good. We'll need that later on, mate. We'll need that later on. And
0: uh, and by the way, good to see you yesterday, mate. Um, yep. Ian Nobel, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, Nicholas. Yes, I'm good. Good. Good evening, everybody joining us in the chat. Really good to see everyone joining us. Um, there's a lot of interest in this show, Nick. I don't know if you know, but um, you know, in the ground yesterday, I think you said to me, um, I can't be bothered to do this show tomorrow night yeah. now. I think that was at 3-0. And yeah. um, I said, yeah, we've got to do a show. And we're here we are. We must be mad. I think we're bonkers. Um, I'm still reading like Paul is from yesterday. Um, I still quite cu- can't quite believe... We lost so heavily to that lot on the coast. Um, and yet the only good thing was leaving a bit early and then being in the pub by half past five. But so did you go. just use the word grieving? Uh, um, did I say grieving? No I, didn't, no, I don't think I said grieving, did I? Reeling, reeling, reeling well, I think. Reeling, reeling, I said. Reeling, reeling, reeling. not, reeling. not grieving. I left I the ground. Grieving I was... would be far too over the top for crying out loud.
1: No, because that's how <laughs> I genuinely felt last night. Well, yesterday afternoon, shall I say, before Crouch do, uh, does his bit in a minute, okay, which I know he's going to do. Um, <laughs> Okay, before we go on to it, ladies and gentlemen, out in Facebook land, YouTube land, wherever you are watching the show, thank you for joining us. What is going to be a very difficult show to do, I must admit, there was, an, there was a time yesterday afternoon where I thought to myself, why why should I bother uh, putting in any graft to, to get the show ready when Hodgson can't be bothered to get the bleeding teeth together, okay, but we will always be here. Come hell or high water, we will always come on and, and do the show. Win, lose, or draw. So, with that in mind, we're going to do something a little bit different. Good evening, Bruce, Daniel, Phil. I can see you all there. David, I can see each and every one of you out there. Please, please, please get your content, get your, get your comments into the chat. We're going to try and use them as much as we can tonight. We want you to form the part of the show because on purpose... On purpose, we've i done no preparation for this. Normally, on a Sunday afternoon, I dedicate my whole afternoon getting a running order together, getting uh notes and scripts and every other show. Don't you put your head up to say you do as well because you've never where, done it. Anything-
2: where, where were you staying, Nick, instead of doing all the uh all the, the preparation for the show? Okay,
1: m- move on. Okay,
2: <laughs> laughing- in the pub, God, I can't be bothered with it.
1: I can't, I couldn't. And I, I actually went out, I took my wife out for a romantic Sunday Sunday roast and a cut of beer and shit about <laughs> Does
2: she know anything <laughs> about that romance.
1: <laughs> yeah, or she yeah. I didn't say it was a romance, with her. I, I, lovely barmaid. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna do it organically. We're gonna let you run the show out there. If you come up with a talking point that's worth having we're gonna we're gonna run with it, we're gonna talk about it. Um, Paul's gonna he's uh, gonna touch on the Sheffield game very briefly. Paul's gonna touch on uh, the debacle of yesterday afternoon. Um, I am gonna open, boys, okay, with a honest, honest statement. Seven years ago this weekend, Crystal Palace Football Club played at home to Sunderland. It just happens to coincide of being this weekend. That Sunday night show and Joe, Joe, is that right? We were talking about it the other night. We're nearly at 200 shows with Red and Blue Review, 50 odd with John Ellicott. Uh, I don't know, two or 300 with the other lot. We've done a lot of shows between me and Joe, okay, and obviously the, the other boys now. And on that show seven years ago, I personally called out the fan base. I called out the fan base because we lost, we were 4 0 down at half time, and the ground emptied, Sellers Park emptied, okay, and I called out the fan base. I Called him out and I got, I got ear bashing from everybody. I even, believe it or not, and Joel bailed me out because he was on the show. I even seriously got death threats for having the nerve and the audacity <laughs> to call out the Palace fan base. Go on, Joel. That was
2: really funny because I think someone challenged you to a fight as well. Yeah. But they came out, didn't it didn't just go like, and on, I want to fight you. It was yeah. some bloke he just went, I just want to fight you, I don't care. But I'm really so annoyed that he called him out. Didn't even hide his name on social media. Just wanted to fight Nick. It was hilarious. It, it, and that and the death threats were yeah. That was a little bit
1: over the top. Um, Ooh. I see that. And oh, by the way, and Ricky Cooper, I can see you out in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. I am a big enough man to admit that we were shit yesterday. So I did something. Is it magnanimous? Is this the right word? I went on to yeah. I went on to the palace. One of the Palace Brighton and banter sites and put the link to the show on there. I said, come on, boys. What? Yep. Yep. I said, you are welcome. We know how shit we are. Come and join us and tell us how shit we are. OK, okay. it doesn't matter. I don't care if you've got something worth contributing out there. Brighton fan, if, you, if you've if you got something you want to tell us, something interesting you might have, come and tell us. We were Poor yesterday. So, now, the reason I was telling you about the Sunderland game seven years ago is because I called out the Palace fan base for leaving early yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. I am not ashamed to admit I did meet and an awful lot of other fans, admittedly, but I, I was on the train at 20 past four out of... that's uh, well,
2: found- it. I want to fight you.
1: And, <laughs> the, and the, the stupid thing was, okay, the stupid thing was... I can understand that I was on it. I can understand that it was hundreds of other Palace fans on the train. But Brighton fan, that you're out there, um, please tell me why there were dozens. And I mean, I'm not talking about one or two. 20 past four in the afternoon, Palace was still 3-0 down. You hadn't even scored the fourth goal yet. We haven't scored the single goal that we did get here, So there were dozens and dozens and dozens of Brighton fans on the same train as I was, leaving Falmouth Station, going to Brighton. Warning alert. What the fuck was all that about? I'm sorry. <laughs> Follow your football team. You, you're successful. You're really good at what you're doing. We're really poor at what we're doing. Yet, you lot, were on the same train as I was getting out of Dodge City. What the hell was all that about? Anyway, so we're going to do the show unprepared, unscripted, absolutely ending, And we're just going to talk about how we're feeling. We're going to do the two games, get them out of the way, and, and then... We're going to move on to what we're going to do next. Ian, did you want to make a point there? Was your hand no, up? No, I was just scratching,
0: me, uh, scratching my neck.
1: <laughs> right, okay. Uh, Mark Halligan, Nick, do you remember the legend Jim Cannon saying on the show, Anderson Gahey are not physical enough and
0: are not leaders? No, I don't remember saying that. Did he say That's that? A really, it's a really good point, Mark. Yeah, I think he did, actually. I do remember that. And and we saw that, I think, yesterday, didn't we? Gahey's got the armband. But you never really see him, you know, saying, to, yeah, come on, lads, let's do this. You know, he, he doesn't act like a leader. He's not loud enough. He's not vocal enough, is he? Um, imagine Jedanak um in that team yesterday. He would have been so, so different. Even Milivojevic as a captain in the midfield. We're lacking that leader. Absolutely. Good point, Mark.
1: Yeah, well, well, well made, mate. Well made. Right. OK, so uh, Tuesday night. And, and, and please don't get overexcited. The fact that we're going to talk about a win, okay? Because we're going to talk about a win, Sheffield United. But I, I described them, and Ian just said it was unfair pre-show when we were off-air. That yeah, why are we going to get excited about the fact that we beat a pub team? Okay, because that's what they are. They're not good enough for this division. We play we play Sheffield United, and we just about beat them. Okay, we just about beat them at Sellers Park. Um, Ian, over to you, mate. And uh, we'll. Uh, Give
0: me a chance to have a drink and a uh, breath. Take a breath. Yeah, OK, cool. Um, nice. Let's get the team up for the Sheffield United game. This was on Tuesday night. Um, this is the side. Henderson and Goal. A lot of people were calling for Johnson and Goal on, on Tuesday night. Um, Richards, Anderson, Gahey, Mitchell, Lerma Hughes. As they at least say, of course, uh, IU and Matessa was the starting eleven. Um, I could not get excited about that win on Tuesday. Even when the goals went in. Good goals as they were. Um, and I'll talk about the goals in a sec. Um, I just could not get excited about the win. Um, Sheffield United are a poor, poor team. And yet we were 1-0 down in 21 seconds. I was stunned. Absolutely stunned. Uh, Richards gave him far too much space. Um, I've been saying on this show, play Chris Richards at right back instead of or Klein. Um, I was wrong. He's not a right back. He's never a right back in a million years. Uh, and he was too far away from his man. This guy came in in the window for Sheffield United. I can't remember his name, um, so he hasn't been there long. But he picked the ball up quite, quite uh, deep in, in his well, not deep in his own half, deep, deep in our half. And he and he takes the ball, takes it on, shoots. Um, Henderson was miles away from it. One mil down in 21 seconds. Stunned, absolutely stunned. But uh, to be fair to the lads, give them credit. Um, Gel come in just now.
2: Just really quickly, I know we were 1-0 down in 21 or 23 seconds, but Brighton were 1-0 down in 20 seconds. Just thought yeah. I'd add that.
0: Yeah, they were. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, they were. And uh, I think, you know, obviously when you're in the ground and you know someone's got a phone and someone said, actually, Brighton are 2-0 down after three minutes. Three minutes, yeah. Unbelievable, really, wasn't it? But um, they, they had a reaction to their defeat. We had a... Bad reaction to our win, I suppose, but Um, so um, yeah, you know, to be fair, the lads didn't let their heads drop. Um, you know, that we we took the ball to them. They're not a very good team. I mean, Villa beat them 5-0 yesterday, at their place. Um, they were 4-0 up half time. They could have had 10 Aston Villa yesterday. Um, Lerma was involved, IU was involved. Um, I thought Mateta played well, held the ball up really, really well, brought others into play against Shepherd United. Um, the goal on 17 minutes, Elise crossed uh, for Eze um, acrobatically in the six-yard box uh, yeah. to equalise. It was a really good goal, it was a really good ball, and um, not many players get to that. I wonder if he did some damage stretching for that. He looks like a ballet dancer there, doesn't he, in that still image? Um, but it was a it was a good goal. Uh, and, and yet you think, great, we're back in it. Guess what happens? Three minutes later, we're 2-1 down. You just can't make it up. They had about two players to our five, and we gave going far too much room. Um, I think there was a little clip of Mark Gahey there on the left. But but there's the ball there. Henderson did not move a muscle. He didn't move a muscle. I do not understand why Henderson is being picked in this side ahead of the st- Sam Johnson. I just do not get that. So we're 2-1 down. Can um,
2: I and I comment then, on that, Ian? Sorry. Yeah, I I'm the, I would like to, at some stage, to- comment on Henderson's performances and he's just to being a goalkeeper sorry carry on yeah, mate Thank no, you. Right.
0: well well let's let's pick it up after this in between the, the two games then shall we because I think there's a, a lot to be said for it he's letting how many goals is he letting in the last uh three Eleven, in three 11 in three games it's just ridiculous isn't it frankly um anyway um we get back in it um yeah, I've lost me train of thought now, Joel. Um, yeah, so um, Elise then puts in, uh, in a ball in for Eze for the second goal equaliser uh, on the edge of the box. Um pay, plays it into the to Eze on the edge of the box, and he and he it was a brilliant goal. You know, he curled it with his left foot. From there, it is on the edge of the D. Um, fantastic goal, twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, it's got to be a contender for for goal of the month. That one, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant goal. Um, and then there was an Eze free kick. At least they went round the back. This was in the, still in the first half, and he, and he crossed it, and, and it was a really good opportunity for three two. But we went in at two all. Um, second half, um, Mateta um, took the keeper out. As the first moment, of note in the second half, Mateta went charging through. It was a fair challenge; it wasn't malicious at all. But he caught the keeper with his shoulder. I think this keeper was making his Premier League debut, uh, and he was concussed, so he had to go off. So they changed their goalkeeper. Um, there were a couple of other instances before we scored. Um, Gahe fed Eze, um, put the ball forward to, to Mateta, shot over the bar. Um, but the third goal, um, the winning goal, um, to make it 3-2, Elise started the move himself on the right-hand side. He played the ball uh, into Mateta, who, who found him again with, with a reverse pass. And he's on the edge of the box. And he still had an awful lot to do here. And he caught the ball on the half volley It bounced once between there and the goal, right in the corner, I think in off the post, to make it 3-2 on 67 minutes. And what a goal it was. If you thought Eze's was good, this one was even better, I thought. So, you know, we scored some cracking goals in that game. So, although it's doom and gloom at the moment after yesterday, there were some really good goals. But as we said in our pre-show chat, really, we're a two-man team. You take Eze and Elise out of that side... And, of course, we took them out of that side in that game. Lise went off immediately after he he scored. Uh, He sat down and he thought, you know, I need to get off the pitch here um, and give myself a rest. And then Eze also uh, went off. He had half a chance before he went off to make it 4-2. But we looked a shadow of the side once these two leave the pitch. And to be fair, in the last 10 minutes, we were hanging hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. Um, when they hit the bar, I mean, my goodness me, once again, Dean Henderson didn't move a muscle, didn't even try to save it. He just stood there, uh, like a rabbit in headlights. Um, and I and when up before I was saying Sam Johnson should be picked ahead of him, I wasn't hating on Henderson, but now I'm beginning to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were hanging on, and frankly, it was a and there were about 10 minutes or nine minutes of stoppage time or something at the end of the second half. And frankly, it was a sigh of relief at the end to uh, get over the line to win the game 3 2. So there's my little uh, analysis of that Sheffield United game. Nick. Thank you, thank you, um, mate. Appreciate that. is your, here's your uh, stats
1: 53%. We're supposed to be the home team, 53% for us. Uh, 12 shots, uh, four of them on target, 11 corners. Guess what? We never score from one of them. Okay, again. Uh, fouls committed, eight against 17. Right. Uh, thank you for that, Nigel. Uh, somebody in the chat just asked why the little label against my name here. It says DJ Nick. I better explain very quickly. That wasn't me doing that. Uh, producer Nigel's done that because he's taking a pee out of me. Because I also now, ladies and gentlemen, do a regular drive time show on a Friday for another organisation called Three Six Five Radio with a friend of mine that I've known for over forty years. Uh, Griff Griffiths, he's uh, he's actually in the chat right now. I know he's, he's out there watching this. So evening, Griff. Uh, we'll see you. We we'll go live at 5 on 365 every Friday night, mate. And great music, lots of banter, and a bit of fun. So uh, thanks for the opportunity, mate. I'm very grateful. So, right. So that that papered over the cracks on Tuesday night for the Sheffield game. Uh, let's bring it straight up to date to yesterday. Uh, and it was a car crash after car crash, after car crash.
3: Paul, over to you, mate. Uh, yeah, well, I have the joy of uh, talking about yesterday. Uh, we don't want to talk too much on it. I think everyone who's watching this knows what happened and has seen enough of it. But yeah, we'll flip through the, the basics. Yeah, the, the team came out. So the new right-back we signed was playing, which considering we had to play Chris Richards at right-back on uh, Tuesday was obviously a fairly straightforward choice. Uh, and then the other guy, Mr. Walton, we signed. He's on the bench. So... Uh, usual candidates, really. You lose uh, Eze, so we bring in a defensive midfielder to replace an attacking midfielder, and we bring in a defensive midfielder to bring in an attacking winger because Elise was only on the bench. So Roy set his stall out pretty early. uh, We all knew what was uh, pretty much coming, I think, at the start of this, which didn't help. Um, So, yeah, game started. For the third time in four games, we're behind within three minutes. So all all the uh, team tactics talks before the match out the window. Um, not really sure what he says to them before they leave the the dressing room, but it's obviously not working. Uh, but as 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 with most of the game, it's just proof that they just keep trying the same thing. So uh, we let in two two uh, corners at Arsenal, uh, even the softer one yesterday. So they've obviously been working on that in the training ground as well. So another another failure there. So yeah, and heads went down a bit. You could see that straight away. Brighton were keeping the ball. We had a Schlupp had a couple of shots, not through our good play basically because Brighton gave the ball away. And then another classic Crystal Palace, we let in uh, a a second goal, really, which was avoidable again, um, but shows the difference in teams, basically, in their attacking mindset. Their left winger, left wing back, crosses the ball from our byline to their right back on the other side, who heads it in the net. Um, Every time they attacked, they had two fullbacks were their highest players. They had three or four in the box, and they're always going to score like that. Um, And then so we get a centre and like Arsenal capitulation we're letting two stupid goals in stoppage time there we're letting two goals in a minute here it's game over and it's just it's just ridiculous really I mean as we said earlier there's no leaders there should be someone on the side of the pitch on the pitch kicking back sides at that point saying look it's schoolboy stuff. you don't let in another goal but you do that and then it was yeah so that, it was it was painful first half it was it was crazy thank uh, you and
0: then- so, Paul just take a breath there in a minute let's just bring you in in yeah, one thing that um, I thought was good in the first half, I suppose, is is the, the, the enforced substitution of Mark Gahey uh, on about the half-hour mark. You know, unfortunately, he had to go off. He was already on a yellow card, and I was just dreading Tomkins coming on. <laughs> you know, I was dreading that. But at least he made the right substitution, in my opinion, on that occasion. He brings the boy Adam Wharton on into midfield for his debut, puts Chris Richards back to centre-back, which is his proper position. And, um, you know, I'm not saying we looked a better side when once that had happened. Of course, we're not because we we conceded a couple of goals. Um, But to be fair to Wharton, you know, it was a baptism of fire for him. And I commented as much on his Instagram because, you know, he put a post up and there's thousands of likes and things. But there's a few comments. And I just thought, mate, you must be so demoralised making your debut in that kind of atmosphere with the toxic fan base and everything. So, you know, he ran around a lot and he was beating himself up because he gave away the ball for the third goal in the midfield. He he lost possession. Um, But we've seen more senior players than him in the Premier League today lose possession in midfield, haven't we? You know, Phillips didn't need to lose another one in midfield today uh, for a United goal or something. So you know, basically the lad did well. It was the right substitution, is really. I'm using lots of words to say I thought it was the right substitution by Roy. And, 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 and I, I, I agree
1: with that. And we'll come back to the two new boys in a minute, okay? Um, just one thing I will pick you up on. I think you're being very unfair, Tomkins. Okay, uh, I made he look good yesterday. I saw him. Uh, I got. I pulled up. I got into the uh, just outside the ground as the team coach arrived. Okay, I saw Tomkins. Come down three steps of the coach and it into to the ground and he didn't get injured once. So I think you're being really I think you're being really harsh. Paul back to you, mate.
3: Yeah, so they all go, they go off at half-time to a cacophony of booze, and uh it was yeah, well from the fans that were still left, a number of fans did go at 3-0, and as I say, it, people's choice to leave early, and especially for that game, because you know you're gonna get locked in anyway. So so be it. So uh, and then half time, we're all there sort of in disbelief, standing at how poor the performance is and then we see uh, Michael Aliso being warmed up and I think the whole crowd has won uh, were in disbelief because it was clear he was getting a big warm up, it was clear he was coming on and you're just like, what is the point in bringing him on in a game you've already lost, 3-0 down, it's just not worth the risk so everyone could read, everyone knew what was coming with that one and sure enough he brings him on and nine minutes later, as we all know, disaster. So it was it was starting to go well, it was it was rapidly falling apart. He then bought Francer on, who, quite frankly, he should have bought on at the at halftime instead of him. Uh, yeah. just like he should have bought him on against Sheffield United. Yeah. When Elise went off, you're taking off an attack 90 right winger, you've got one on the bench to replace him with. No, let's bring on Schlup. It's just it's the whole ridiculousness of it. Uh, yeah, so we did, we we rallied a bit. I know Hodgson said we showed a bit more heart in the second half. I think that was more a case of Brighton taking their foot off the gas, to be honest. Which yeah. I was quite pleased they did. Uh, and then yeah, we got a goal. Anderson swung the ball, in, hopeful ball into the box, which luckily went to our one player in the box, as we always only ever have when we attack. And to be <laughs> fair, for Mateta he, he headed it in. Great goal, very good header. Uh, and yeah, no, I don't think anyone in the ground actually thought this could be the spark of a comeback. It was just a, a consolation. Admittedly, we did have a chance after that, but it was a pretty weak finish. And then Brighton obviously decided that it's time to finish the game off and went and scored a a nice fourth. Um, So, yeah, it was a disaster from start to finish that just highlighted all of our recent deficiencies, uh, all of the things that we keep doing, keep making the same mistakes, not addressing them. Uh, And as I say, it's Groundhog Day every time we play these days. It's the same team. It's the same tactics. It's the same Mm. approach. It's the same poor defending free kicks, it's the same poor attacking at corner kicks, it's one man in in attack and it was, watch Brighton Brighton were almost there for the taking last night they've won three games out of 16 and I saw Luton play them the other day and every time a Brighton player got the ball, there was a Luton player on him within seconds and they're hassling, hassling and hassling and it forces them to make mistakes And but Roy just will not do this, he will have his players stood in positions, moving in unison like they're a table football team, to contain them and it's as you say, um, yeah, so we just let them play around us, and there's only one result when that happens. So, yeah, that's probably best. All we say about the actual match, um, and yeah, it was uh, frustrating to say the least. And then, as I say, being stuck in there half an hour after was just yeah compounds the day. Thank you, Paul. And
1: uh, if you are watching out there, weed fans, okay, uh, let's be. Fair about it. You played better than we, we were. You couldn't have played any worse than we did. Uh, congratulations on your win. You deserve it. Enjoy it. Uh, Nigel, can you put that message back up, that big, that long message? Could you bring, bring that back up? I'll do the stats in a sec. Um, I think it's a, a relevant, a, a valid point that somebody was just making and I just missed it. It's just gone through too quick. And uh, Luke, so he, he can't find it either. Uh, there it is. Why are people still defending Holson? He's lost the plot. How can any Palace... Any Palace be happy with how we are playing and the players that he keeps picking. For the first time in thirty years, I don't enjoy going to see Crystal Palace. Thank you, Stephen. Any more, and uh, and I sort of get it, mate. Um, It's hard to get yourself excited to go to a game, Uh, even harder when we should when we're going away from home. It's. I want to move on now to. um, I think. We'll do the manager later, boys. Um, let's, let, I'll tell you what, let's do some positives out of the game. Let's do some positives first, Ian. Let's talk about the two new fellas. Um, I thought I was yeah i was reading something completely untoward. In the melee with the players and the fans after the game, am I right in saying uh, the new guy, Mun- Daniel Munoz, and his family were down there and uh, he was getting dogs abused from our fans, okay, and his family were getting abused from our fans. Did I see that
0: correctly, gents? I've seen that on social media. I don't know how much truth is in it, but there's got to be an element of truth in it, um, which is frankly disgusting and, and 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 just unforgivable. You know, all right, there was a, a lot of fans had a go at the um, the players. What you saw, Paul, you were still there. I left after the fourth goal. I put yeah. my hand up. Um, so I left about 10 minutes from the end, but you were still there, Paul. Um, at yeah, the um, end. What did you yeah, see right. from that?
3: Fair play to the players. I mean, we, as, as you and I, and we go every week, and it's a little thing at the end of each game. They come over and acknowledge us. <laughs> that, uh, they did. They came over, fair play to them. They stood at the side of the pitch. They clapped us. They should have then turned around and walked away. The crowd were foaming at the mouth. There was abuse being thrown left, right, and center. They should have taken their lumps, turned around, and gone off. But for some reason, Anderson saw red. He obviously saw someone was calling him out, and he walked into the crowd. So Henderson followed, him, a couple of others did. And even for his own safety, it's just not sensible. And it's just not the time or the place. As much as he might have a case to say, look, we're trying our best, (laughs) just walk away. Right, Paul,
1: um, was that a certain section of our fan base or was that fan base generic? Uh,
3: It looked like there was a lot of people down at the front who had gone down the front and they were all wearing sort of black coats. (laughs) Joe, your comments,
1: please.
3: I'm surprised by Anderson, but
2: firstly, the the players, I know they try – Play and it's the thing to do and, but you just don't do that you don't do that when you've, when you've literally bent over and been shafted without any kind of passion about without treating our fiercest rivals like any kind of, using it like a derby game Um, but for the umpteenth time I think we've said this for the last four, five games you know, we just we, we can't get up for them if you can't get up for Brighton then then it's then it's a it's a bad day at the office. But Gabe uh, um, Anderson went over. Did he go? I think mean, he went over to uh, to the Palace fans um, after the Arsenal after the five nil. And he was told where to go repeatedly. And then he got closer and was told where to go repeatedly, lobed by many many people. And then he got closer until in the end, I think he actually understood the industrial language and then gave it back, which he should never have done. He should have just wiped his mouth, walked off, and just and then gone back. And should rightly have been slaughtered by Hodgson because because that was again it's in net before a uh, net uh, performances after in net performances. And the thing is, the players they should know better. They should know better. If they go to the Brighton and they get dogs abused, if they come to Erin after we've been slaughtered, they're going to get dogs abused. Just do what most of the other Premier League players do. Unless they really had a great result and they're on a run and the fans actually want to applaud them. It's just applaud me halfway line. Thank you very much. Really sorry. Stick your hand up. And then get off and go on. Because yeah. anything that they got yesterday, they deserved. And if they want to give it back, they've got no reason to give it back. Absolutely no reason to give it back. They should have yeah. just walked off. And just and took the hammering, and now they've been hammered by the papers. They've been hammered by by fans here, there, and everywhere. They're getting hammered by everyone. They're they're stupid. They're forcing themselves.
0: Okay, I want to jump in. Let me just come in. Let me just come in quickly. Um, Joe, you're spot on in everything you've just said there. Um, It's got it's got to come from the top, though, isn't it? You know, you, you 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 maybe get taken over by emotion. You want to go over and talk to the fans. You know. Anderson should have learned his lesson at Arsenal for a start. It's only two weeks ago. Has he got a short memory? Has he forgotten? You know, has he got amnesia? So Hodgson, as the manager, should have been saying to him, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, go clap the fans by all means. But from a distance, and then get off that pitch. Okay. Right. Boys, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead
1: of where I actually want to be tonight. Okay. So let me just jump in now because I'm going to give you my job is to ask you guys questions, but I'm actually going to give you my opinion. Joe, so you know, I'll make you right nearly on everything you just said, except for one thing. Okay. One of those players that got abused yesterday was Munoz and his family. He shouldn't be his family, shouldn't be uh targeted in any way. This guy is brand new to the club. Um, Wharton also made his debut, you say. I don't think either of those uh should be ashamed of their performance. Okay, collectively, they're a team of players that just got stuffed by, uh, by that lockdown on the south coast. Okay, collectively, I get individually, they're wrong. Now, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening to this in the world, just a little bit of perspective here. Okay, we know that Michael Elise will be gone in the summer. Chances are Eze will be gone in the summer. Okay, what you are doing is you are targeting our best remaining players. I'll tell you now, Munoz will be a good player. Anderson is a solid defender. Yes, they've had some shit performances recently. I get all that. But think about your actions. I've even just read in the chat there that two of our own stewards got hurt in the melee at the front of the uh, stadium yesterday two of our own people these are palace fans you're hurting yes we've got palace fans acting as stewards of the way game. Actually, actually go well i'll shoot one of there yeah go job
2: pay your money you know, that's song you want you can pay you can pay your money nick if it's too bad if the abuse is too bad the brighton Br- brighton football club has every right to go He's, he's just swearing all the time, get him out, and the stewards will get him out. But but, but listen,
0: jail, they, they won't. They they are bottle jobs. Of they
2: course won't, they, they won't, but what I'm saying is don't get every people say, look, I went to work yesterday. I'm pretty sure that loads of the people that went to that game could have gone to work yesterday and got paid. Right, but they didn't. They spent money, took the day off, didn't get paid, spent money for the ticket, spent money on food, booze, train fare, petrol, whatever, right? And the ticket. They've they've spent a lot of money. It's probably a minimum of 100 quid to go to that game, right? And then to get treated to an abject performance like that. And it's not just that. It's time after time after time. And eventually, people just go, I've had enough. So what do you do? We don't live at the moment in a world where you can't say anything. That's coming. Right. But at, the, at, but at the moment, you have free speech and you have the right to call them an old dog on that pitch. If that's what they have played like and had their arses kicked, passionless, impossibly the second, first or second biggest game of the season. You're allowed to give it to them. I don't care. If I'd have been there, you know, I'd, I, uh, they would have got more, more than out for me. Right. I'd I'd like win the you. Stops. I
3: don't want to I like you. I like you. I like you. I like Yaya, but he was he he was targeted because as we've said before, after the Arsenal game, he walked up to the game the fans and he shrugged, which is what a, a, not a good reaction. So he was probably being targeted more after this game, and he did the right thing at first. He stood 20, ten yards on the pitch, clapped, but he made a beeline. Someone obviously said something to him, and that's what went wrong. He should not he should not professionally leave that pitch anyway. Because you can see the fans are foaming at the mouth. They're fuming, and rightly so, after that performance. Fans are allowed to express that. But, yeah, obviously, if he hadn't walked it near them, then it wouldn't have been an issue. And fans could express and then just get the heat out of it. But if you go into it, you're just inflaming it. Facebook users saying criticise,
1: fair enough, but some of the abuse is unacceptable. We can't have players' families being abused. And then Chloe just come on and said, actually, Munoz's um, family didn't get abused. They're up in the director's box. So well, I, I, I don't know that as a fact. I didn't see it myself. That's why I asked a question. Oh, my son, James, the Chelsea fan, is on. Hi, Danny. He's saying, James, not a good night for you to be on here, mate. We're, we're, we're about to slag off Chelsea towards the end of the show. So get off. OK, anyway, I'm only joking. Um Right. So, Jill. Collectively is the partially. right thing. <laughs> collectively is the right thing. I get that. OK. But. They are only resp- partially responsible. Let's go upstairs a little bit, boys. OK. Um, Parrish has put on air uh, What did Lee say? Uh, Steve Parrish has taken advantage of a separate a mid-70s-year-old man who loves the club by inviting him to manage it again. It's plain wrong. Regardless of what we all think of him now, it's disgusting. that, that And now look what's happening. Now, if, when he got reappointed at the beginning of the season, all you guys, everybody on, yeah, you know, most people were saying, oh, great, well, great appointment. I, however, wasn't as enthralled by the appointment, okay? I didn't think it was the right thing. I just saw it as a cost-cutting exercise, okay? Let's go back. To the tried and tested formula of Roy Hodgson bringing back is relatively cheap in comparison to what we will have to spend next year. Blah, blah, blah. OK. We'll be fine. What were the predictions, boys? Fourth, eighth, something like that. Ninth, tenth, seventeenth. Seventeenth. OK. I will be delighted with seventeenth now and the way that we are performing at the moment. My concern is, OK, for those of you who are shouting for Parrish's head, Reality check, please. OK, you've got to understand. It ain't a simple, oh, yeah, let's let, let the board sack Steve Parish. Well, that ain't going to happen, is it? You've got to have something to buy him out first, OK? Texter ain't going to want to do it. The other two Yanks ain't going to want to do it. There was a comment today, Ian, I think you might have it to hand, from Ed Arons about the, the possibility of um, Steve considering sacking Roy consequently since the Brighton result. If you haven't got it there, let me know because I have got I think, it here. Go, go for it, yeah. mate.
0: So well, yeah, Ed Aaron's Ed tweeted this afternoon, um, Crystal Palace chairman Steve Parrish is strongly contemplating sacking Roy Hodgson after the record defeat against Brighton on Saturday, but he's struggling to find a replacement who is willing to take over at this stage of the season. And I responded on behalf of the Red and Blue Review, also on Twitter, saying, I've been saying this for weeks. Roy should never have take, had this season We should have the replacement lined up with 15 games left. There's still plenty of time for a new manager to settle in and make a difference. Uh, But agreed, there's no point in sacking Roy without a viable alternative. Now, Nick, Nick, did I tell you I did a TNT Sports interview the other week? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, she did mention it. So so in my interview, I I said this in the interview to uh, what's her name? That Lucy Ward. I said, uh, she asked about Roy. And I said, Roy should never have been given this season. And the only reason he was given this season is that Steve Parrish didn't have the right fit for Crystal Palace Football Club last summer. So he turned to Roy Hodgson, knowing he was a relatively safe pair of hands. He would keep us in this division for another season. Um, We might go out the cups at the first hurdle, which we've done, um, but we wouldn't get relegated. We'd finish in the bottom half somewhere. Uh, and, and that's still probably on the cards, although that's debatable. We'll, we'll come more to that later, maybe. But, um, and I said, I didn't want to see Roy this season. Um, but the only reason he's done that is because he didn't have the right fit, as I've already said. So Roy Hodson really should not be our manager. He's not enjoying it. You just look at his body language. He says he's enjoying it, but clearly he isn't. He's 76 years of age. He should not be doing this job at his age. I'm I'm being ageist here, but he just doesn't look. He hasn't got the energy, clearly. The results speak for themselves. And had we had that fit last summer, then we would have appointed that right person. And similarly, if we've got that fit now, we've got that right person to come in, whoever that is, Steve Cooper um, or um, uh, uh, Potter, then get that person in now. 15 games. They've still got time to sort this out. And, and make us a better team leading into next summer, into next season. So, so you know. <laughs> Do you not think then, okay, Joe, I'm going to come to you and then Paul, I'm
1: asking you the same question. Um, so we can't, you can't, you're not going to be able to sack a board member like that. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Quite clearly. Uh, Parish. Number one, he has a sax, uh royal ready, especially after yesterday. How's that not happened? Okay, it's just beyond me. But number two, he's absolutely culpable. Okay, and in fact, I'll go further than that. He's actually negligent in his role as uh, acting chairman of the Crystal Palace Football Club that he hasn't got a replacement lined up. Joe, I, I
2: mean, I don't. I, I don't know. I think, Parish, <coughs> excuse me, Parrish as a chairman has has, has gone sideways. You know the 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 ridiculous speech at the end of last season um, that he gave to and everybody up. I mean, that's just and then he and then he employs Roy at the beginning of the season, and you just think whatever. Um, I mean, I, I just think I just think that he he we're just on survival mode. We've been on survival every you know survival mode at some stage every single season, and we you know. At most seasons we've we've had a four or five game run, which has taken us into the relative safety zone, and we've ended up, you know, finishing, 10, you know, 11, 12, 14, well, you know, whatever we end up being mid-table, and that's all anyone ever sees, and that's all, all any anyone really wants. Um, you know, the the aspirational side of of Steve Parish probably left him, it left him five years ago, six years ago, when I think he he himself realised that that trying to survive in the Premier League with mediocre players wouldn't work and then we've had ridiculous buys. You know, we go and spend overall the best part of £60 million on Ben Seki, and he gives us 17 goals in one season and then nine goals in the subsequent four seasons after, 130000 quid a week and we pay him Five players over a hundred thousand pounds a week and then we you know we have we have mediocre players on horrendous money horrendous money some of the stories I've heard that I've literally have been sworn to, to secrecy on you know I mean I, I mean I, I was shocked to find out that we have players on fantastic money and then they also got appearance fees regardless of whether they played. 95 or five minutes of a game and that would take you know i i i know i just it shocked me i didn't think we were that um overall we 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 just we just have uh, our fan base is is turning toxic by the by almost a, a, a it's like a ritualist ritualistic situation that happens almost every single year and we've managed to get out of it this year feels different this year really, to me, feels different.
3: Mm. Mm. Thank
1: you, mate. Could I, could I just pick up something, Paul? Before I come to you, uh, Dave King, David King in the chat. Good evening, mate. Thank you for your contribution. I'm grateful. Uh, you, you're correcting me, uh, Nick. You are wrong. A chairman or director can be sacked by its shareholders. Not exactly what I meant by what I said. Uh, And I'm going to read you something uh, that I picked up also from Ed Ahrens today. Um, It is understood that the Crystal Palace chairman has not consulted with the club's biggest shareholder, John Texter, over Hodgson's future since the Brighton defeat. The pair believe to not have been even spoken this week, despite being active in the January, uh, the closure of the January transfer window. But the American, who also owns French club Lyon... As part of his group of eagle football, he's believed to have been in favour of Palace appointing a new manager for several weeks, yet Parish still hasn't done it. Yet Parish still hasn't done it. In my book, that makes him culpable. Paul?
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't want uh, Roy Hodgson to come back. I thought he was, and I think basically he's, he's a sticking plaster. He was, that was the plan for this year because the, the silence is deafening from the club at this point. There, there should be things coming out questions being asked but I think they've got someone lined up for the summer I think I think Gareth Southgate is his plan I think he, can't get, he can't get him any earlier because he's going to want to do the Euros and I think they're just desperately trying to hang on to Roy anyone just keep that place in the Premier League and keep the seat warm for Gareth Southgate which to me is a bit disaster anyway he's just a, a younger Roy Hodgson um but yeah so it's the, the first Steve Parrish should have woken up this morning, and his first question is How is my manager going to turn this around? We've won three games in 16. So you have a look. You say, Right. So is he going to change the personnel in the team? We know Roy Hodgson. No, he's not. It'll be the same team next week. Is he going to be more attacking? No, it'll be the same formation next week. Is he going to be more aggressive and passionate team out there chasing every ball? No, he's going to be all zone, all putting, please. And so the only thing you could possibly say that might change in Roy Hodgson's favour is if the injured players come back. Now, after yesterday, we know we can't even trust him to reintegrate them back into the team properly. So, as a chairman this morning, you've got to be sort of saying, well, we've won 3-16. and He's not going to change anything. So, what's going to change? And... That it should be catalyst enough for him to sack him out the door. I see people in the chat talking about compensation and payoffs. We don't even need to do that. He's only got four paydays left, I think. You might as well just put him put him on gardening leave. Say, "Roy, don't come in on Monday. Just sit at home for the next four months. Take your money." And it's it's, it's no God's point. It? It's, it's not. It's that's all, these, all this thing about. Oh, I d-. And we should have a plan in place. If Robert also deserved he went to Liverpool tomorrow, Brighton would have three or four candidates on our list ready to go and approach. We haven't got anyone. And to be fair, if we did go to someone, they said, oh, I'm not really interested in 15 games. Yeah, they can, they can start off then. We want people who are up for the challenge and, and want to go for it. But it's just, it's, uh, yeah, he should never have been here in the first place. And this is half the problem. But we know Hughes will play next week. Schluck will play. And... This is this is the problem. This is what the fans have a problem with. We are repeating the same mistakes every time. We're not even trying to address the problem. Uh, maybe it's, say, if you played Franca, if you played Ahamada, you could almost give him a bit of leeway because he's trying different things, trying to change the cycle. But it's not. It's just Groundhog Day. And it's, yeah. This is why oh, it's all that's time. why I love having
1: you on this show every week, mate. Well said. Really good. And somebody in the chat just said uh, Southgate is just a clone of Hodson, And I, I yeah. absolutely echo that.
0: Okay, um, Ian. So, Paul, we, I think we're all, we all agreed that Roy Hodgson has to go. I don't think anyone That's is it. saying in the chat or any of us are saying, "Oh, we need to keep Roy Hodgson." We all want him gone, all right? Yeah. But at uh, what cost? How 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 do you get rid of him if you haven't got a replacement? Do you get rid of him and just sack him and say, Le- "Don't come in on Monday, and stay at home on Guarding leave for four months if we haven't got a replacement manager?"
3: Yeah, but that's um, not the point. Yeah. No, it, it no,
0: I'll ask you the question. Yes. Hang
3: on. Yes, yeah. You if there's it? no one, if there's no one in this club who can take this club on a ter- on a, on a it, yes, it's got to be a temporary basis because we have to go and find someone else.
0: Okay, so people, who takes but, charge of first team affairs? Paddy. Having- Paddy McCarthy. I'm not, I'm not sure about Paddy. He came out last week yeah, Only as a make way
1: while we're waiting for it? I mean, it doesn't matter. Okay. Got well, right, this is... is an
0: important debate, Nick. This is an important yeah, debate. I agree.
1: That the toxicity is, is against the manager. The most important key to this, the ele- main element of this, is removing him out of the yeah. club. It doesn't matter if we've got somebody to replace him with at the
0: moment. It's You've got, got to look that bad, the... yes, It does. Yeah. It matters terribly. You've got You've to got have got a look... replacement. You can't You've just sack him. The...
3: You've got to look at the two options. It... What's going to change if you keep him? What can be? What can we do worse? How can we do worse? Yes, okay. People say we've won two of the last four. We 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 beat a completely out of form Brentford, who didn't have Ivan Tony. We've beaten a pub team, as you called them, at Sheffield United. The only other team we've beaten, we still beat them. Yeah, but the only other team we've beaten in five months is Burnley. We've we played the last fifteen games. I think we've won three. We've got fifteen games left. Is it? I think. How how what is going to change with Roy Hodgson to make us win more than the three? Because we need to win more than three games, really. So yeah, Yeah, okay, you're right. You can't bring in a permanent manager. Fine. But there has, if there's not someone at this club who can step into the breach for two, three weeks until we do find someone, then it just proves even more. OK, all
0: right. So that's interesting. You think two or three weeks. So I, I, I would take Paddy McCarthy for two or three weeks. But you still then need to find a permanent manager for the last 12 games. If, if you haven't got that person, you can't sack Roy. You really can't. If there's no right. Potter, if there's no Cooper. If there's no matey, whatever he was at Wolves, you can't then sack Roy Hudson if you haven't got a replacement for him.
3: There, there are managers in the championship, there are probably managers in foreign clubs whose teams of seasons are over. Who Guys, not, I want Joe uh, to make I, want your, to
1: I need Joe to make his point actually. Uh, Tony, uh, in the chat before we move on, okay, you're way wrong, mate. So, why is there so many people 112? 119 people at that time watching this show. Tony, you're looking at the wrong figures, mate. You're only reading the Facebook figures. You're not watching the combined. There's in excess of over 200 people watching this live show. And I'm grateful to each and every one of you, whoever you support and wherever you are watching in the world. Thank you. Joe? I I
2: completely agree with Paul. Um, I I think that there is someone out there. Listen, Roy Hodgson's bonus to keep us in the Premier League must be seven figures. If he gets sacked, he isn't going to get that. He's just going to get. But and we we that money is ring-fenced to give him. If we survive, we can use that money plus his wages or whatever. And I mean, I, I saw Mark Callahan, Mark Callahan say say Big Sam. My, I don't think Big Sam's the answer uh, because he would then go. He would do exactly the same as Hodgson and use tried and tested players um, uh, w- without risk. Which to be honest about at the moment is probably what we do need, but it, but we don't have the the, the depth to, to even change what's going on now unless we use the kids. For me, I mean, like you say, there, there's there's probably ten managers out there that if we really put feelers out, that that would go. Look from from maybe Italy to come and manage in the Premier League. That's well, fine. That's 15 fine. Fifteen games. Fifteen games. Or even 10 games, survive, get get a, a, a big payday, and if it goes really well, then you've got half a chance of being the manager next season. Mm-hmm. But we can't just we we literally cannot let this go on. Mm-hmm. We, we, are in, we are in a slump. I mean, Christ away, Luton Town, who couldn't buy a point at the beginning of the season, they bought two Two completely over the open, an extra player that couldn't get in most sides at the moment, and Andros Townsend, Andros Townsend, for Christ's sake! And all of a sudden they're turning games up, scoring four goals away at Newcastle. We could only ever dream about scoring four goals away at Newcastle in four seasons. It's just a joke. We are we are becoming. A joke. We are be- we have become stale, completely stale, and Gell, we've had no one, no one, for five no years dis- of the last team. No one
0: disagrees with you, Joe. No one disagrees with what you're saying. All right, okay. If I'm not, I just want to respond to a couple of people in the chat that said, "Am I happy to see Roy stay if we're going to lose five goals every game?" And said, "Of course, I'm not happy to see Roy no, right. stay." I've never said that. All I'm saying is we need a replacement. And you're saying, and people are saying in the chat, and you're saying there must be ten managers out there that are happy to come here. Well, go and get them then, Steve Parish. All right? Yeah. He hasn't. Defined, that's the point. Replacement. But he hasn't
3: and that's the point, Paul. Money, money talks in this. If we've got, if you Hodgson's on a bonus, as Gel says, if you go to most managers and say, look, as we said, you have got fifteen games, you keep us up. There's your bonus. You get a lot of money. And then you can revisit in the summer. If it's gone well, they may want to stay. It's, it's a trial period. If it goes wrong, you're, you're starting from scratch again anyway. Um, but it's, it's it's we can't carry on as we are. As, as okay. Gerald rightly said about Luton. It, but the thing is, it's about mindset. Luton, town manager, I, I heard him interviewed the other day. He said, look, we haven't got the best players in the division. We haven't got the best team in the division. So we're going to attack the division with what we got. They've scored That's eight goals in the last two games because they try and score goals. I said to you yesterday, Ian, I said when Tarek Lamptey, the left-back, was the furthest player forward, I said, yep. Brighton, you yeah, know, they've been losing games. They lose games trying to win them. We lose games trying to not to lose them. Now, if we're going to go to Arsenal and Brighton and lose 5-0-4-1, let's go fight, lose 5-0-4-1 trying to attack, not let's go lose 5-0-4-1 trying to defend. It's ridiculous. And you well, never know. This team, you let it off the leash, like it did at the end of last season, it can it score. Be something. Yeah, it Absolutely. But, but do it's
1: not going to happen under Roy this
3: time. All he's right. going to try do for uh, the next fifteen games is nullify the opposition, and that's. Just not to inject, to... I,
1: do, I would just like to make inject a little bit of light-hearted uh, two minutes into this. Uh, normally, as a kid, whenever anything really badly went wrong, um, and you, I watched one of my Sunday lunchtime TV programs as a kid, I used to like, I love watching International Rescue. <laughs> so perhaps we need to call International Rescue and. And see if they can help us. I, I don't know if it's we got a slide that might help us with the international rescue night. Ah, and there they are. <laughs> international rescue. Oh, look at that. Look at Ian Noble in the middle in the middle, everybody. If you haven't uh, seen this slide Apparently,
0: apparently I'm brains because I'm I wear glasses, <laughs> but that I'm stereotypical with that isn't it. You wear glasses, you get to be told that you're brains. And what made me laugh is that Fergus is Parker, the chauffeur. He, def- he doesn't drive anywhere. <laughs> I can drive him everywhere.
1: I thought that was brilliant. And that, of course, is in uh, linked to our uh, fans' advisory board, Tim uh, Tim Richards, Okay, uh, who we're very proud of. He's got his first meeting. Joe, I'm coming to you next. Uh, he's got his first meeting this week. He would like you, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd be so kind, uh, if you've got anything pressing, apart from the obvious that we've already discussed this evening, if there's anything that you think is absolutely vital, he would like you to email him at timcpfcfab at outlet.com. That's timcpfcfab at um, Obviously, make it relevant to the club. It's, you know, uh, the boys have already in- intimated that uh, Brighton's fab uh crew aren't actually making any difference to what's all they've managed to achieve so far is for the disabled toilets to stay on a few seconds longer than they were previously that's all they've managed to achieve so let's let's not keep get it as uh, as trivial as that if you got something vital that like you know ticketing I think is really important the ticketing debacle at the club just drop uh Tim a message on that email Joe you wanted to make a point I
2: just see a message that um uh... Aaron Mayers, is our, uh, our Melbourne uh, correspondent, um, that he said in 27 years he's never felt so despondent being a Palace fan. Uh, uh, Nick, you know how I feel that the last four years has been a real chore. I get offered tickets all the time to go to a Palace and choose not to go because it, it just... I get, I get, I've, I've got so down about it, about the way that the club, the, the, the club isn't, it's been, in 10 years, our club has changed from this, from the family club that we all knew and loved, where you could relate to a lot of the players, where you could relate to the, the playing staff, to the people working behind the counters, to, to, to just rebelling against, all the all the new stadia because we had our crappy little ground that we owned and and we just we we had we didn't have much infighting we didn't have fighting between the fans we didn't have this call we didn't it, it, our club has just feels like it's just become a toxic just advertisement for the Premier League and I despair at the Premier League always have done and always will do. It just it has just eaten itself and it's re, it's a real shame that i can tell you now i'm not going to name them but i know five in fact i, I think I, I was thinking of i know five of my mates that don't go i know three people personally that won't go because steve parish and again i've said he's because steve parish runs our club i know people that won't go until the americans are gone because they believe like i do that any american that ever gets involved in anything british generally ruins it um and i just and, and i don't mean this they say it disparaging i mean with with football that they've almost killed man united but they nearly did liverpool Anytime they come in that's they just choice they, they choice choice to go.
0: that's your choice but, not to go but we go and i i, I, I would not and, go. And I exactly,
2: go and exactly and exactly and i get that but what i'm saying is is that the the, the game has changed so much, and 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 look, we're sitting here on a Sunday. It in just it's, it's it's just desperate. It is desperate times. It's so depressing. It really is. It's supposed to be a you know. It's supposed to make us feel good. Win, lose, or draw. That's what we used to be at Palace because it's our club. But now, it's just changed beyond beyond comprehension for me. Well,
0: I mean, can you imagine if we were Sheffield United on 10 points? Can you imagine what we'd be like? We'd be slitting our wrists, wouldn't we? I, I know. I, know. Yeah, I, know. I, no, I know. I get it. I get it. But we're I not one to
2: wait for that. We're
0: what? not. Okay, right.
1: I just want to welcome somebody onto the page, okay? There is a Brighton fan watching this. And I'm Stephen Cribb. I know you from your uh, the banter page, okay? Because I'm obviously a, quite a regular on there as well. Uh, thank you for your contribution, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you, you haven't put any laughing faces, emojis at the end of your message, and I'm grateful for it, Brighton invitee here, I agree with Paul, just give it a go, you are better than your results, if they lose, if if they lose, but at least try, uh, the, the fans will respect it, and your contribution is worth having on the show mate, and I appreciate it, like I said, I also appreciate you didn't laugh at uh, our crappy performance, Paul.
3: I think one of the biggest frustrations is two years ago, we had a progressive team trying to attack, pushing for the top half, heading for the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley. And we have manuf- somehow seemingly deliberately gone back to the time before that, that we had made a deliberate conscious decision to walk away from. And we're back. We've gone back three years and we are in the same boat. We were with Hodgson before. And yes. it's, it's our, it's all our, right. The frustration is our own self doing. This is the thing. and, it's, this, is, this is the thing. As we say, we want to see attacking football. I, as long as I see a team on the pitch trying to win the game, you can forgive defeats. But it's, it's, as gel says, it's draining at the moment. Yes. I, I've, I've missed two league games in three years, and I was driving home last night thinking, it's a good job I bought my Everton ticket, because if I hadn't, I might even consider swatching it on the box. But, yeah, it's we do it because we love it, but it's hard at the moment. It's very hard, right? And so that's that's our four
1: opinions of what's going on in the club. But we do have another member of our team, Ian Lyons, is uh, on holiday somewhere. And he sent you a, ladies and gentlemen, out of Facebook land and YouTube land, he sent you a little clip. And these are his thoughts very quickly on what's
3: going on. Hello, this is your Red and Blue Review correspondent from deepest, darkest, Costa Rica. After yesterday's game, I may be going missing for some while. Uh, I'm heading off into the rainforest. But seriously, the worst defeat handed to us by them in almost 70 years is enough to drive anyone to these lengths. I hope by the time I emerge from the rainforest that we have new management. That is all. I may be gone for some time.
1: (laughs) (coughs) I don't know, in that shirt, he just looks all wrong. I mean, there's, I don't know whether it's a, a 1970s BBC presenter or something is what he looks like there. He looks all wrong. But there you go. Uh So, right, moving on then, boys and girls. As as James Philpot is still watching, um, let's move on to what we've got coming up next week. So, on Monday night, of course, at Sellers Park, Um, I believe we're taking on uh, an easy mid-table team called uh, Chelsea Football Club. Uh, Eight o'clock kickoff at Sellers Park. That's on the 12th. Um, boys, I'm coming to you straight after we've done this bit here, OK, for your predictions on the Chelsea game. Uh, following up that, on uh, the 19th, we're away at Everton, and I understand Paul's going to that. Fair play to you, Paul. 24th of February, uh, we're at home to Burnley. I reckon that'll be a very important game. Uh, away at, at the Tottenham Stadium on the 2nd of March, as a 3 o'clock kickoff. Likewise, is the home game against Luton on the 9th of March. That could be a proper relegation, six-pointer there. And obviously, uh the home game against Newcastle on the 16th of March. So, boys, I'd like your thoughts, please. First of all, on the current Chelsea uh, situation, because Joe alluded to the point of America's ruining clubs and everything else. Top so Bowley uh, in, in, sitting in a hot seat at Chelsea at the moment. How are they doing? And your predictions, please, for Monday night. I'm going to start with you, Paul.
3: Well, uh, as we mentioned earlier, um, Chelsea have only beaten us the last 13 times we've played them in a row, so we're, to, <laughs> we're on a good run against them. Um, I, I, with Roy Hodgson set up, he will set up to try and stop Chelsea scoring. He won't even bother trying to see if we can score. Now, it's likely, let's be honest, we're probably not going to have Mark Gay, we're probably not going to have Eberichie Eze, we're not going to have Michael Alise. So, first thing, in terms of the team, if he doesn't play Franca and Ahamada instead of Schlup and Hughes, then he, he thinks everything's fine. And in that case, he'll play exactly the same way and we'll lose 2-0. They're not a great team. They beat us recently, a bit fortunately with a last-minute penalty. But we can't contain these teams. We can't set defence at pieces. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sadly predicting 2-0 defeat.
1: Sorry, Ian.
0: Oh, OK. Um, I think that we will draw the game. Um, I think it will be one all or two all or something like that. Um, probably one all. We won't score two goals. Um, but you know, it's, it's potentially going to be very toxic. Um, you know, if it is very defensive, even if we don't, if we if we don't lose, you know, it's still going to be toxic. You know, there's still going to be people calling for Roy's head. And I just hope he doesn't get out of control. You know, it's going to be a an interesting one. They're not very good. I haven't seen their game today. I know I, they I lost 4-2 home to Wolves, um, which is a terrible result for them. Um, but, you know, clearly they're not in a very good run of form either. So it'll be sort of interesting. But if you look at how much money they've spent compared to how much money we've spent, uh, they've got world-class players. They're just not gelling as a team either. Um, we're not gelling as a team. It's um, it's not a, it's hardly an advert for Sky Football, is it? Really, on a Monday night, it really exactly,
2: is. Exactly, exactly.
0: Thank you, mate. Uh, Joe, your thoughts, please, on, on Monday night.
2: Lose two one, um, and like I said, both sets of fans, I think, will be going after their boards. You can expect a lot of anti club. They, the, the fans will just be there to protest. I think um i can't see us getting anything out of it i think there you know i think we'll be far too many players missing um and i can't see roy playing the three kids that we want to play um so yeah i, th- I think we'll get done two one well, i think like i say we're, we're just on the on the slide at the moment and it's going to be tough to get off
1: it
0: okay very quickly In yeah um Joe mentioned earlier about he wanted to talk about dean henderson um surely, surely, Sam Johnson has got to be back in goal on Monday night. 100 percent I, I will be livid if he's not. Because he at the moment Henderson has got no confidence. He's letting in goals. He's not moving, as I said in my rats report of the Sheffield United game. And we need we need Sam Johnston in goal for the Chelsea match. Jill. Yeah, um, uh, we've
2: had this discussion uh, I mean listen Nick I said to you about a month ago I wanted to go after him and and I never got to uh, I was never able to during the show um, i I'm, I'm not sure but I would I would guarantee that for the 11 goals he's conceded in the last three games someone go back and have a look at them I don't think he's dived for at least half of those now I don't care whether he dives the wrong way. He has the advantage of stopping a a football with any part of his body, including his face, but he gets to use his hands and his arms, which no other player does. He doesn't even do that now. He is literally, I mean, I was watching yesterday just thinking, you might as well put a centre-back in goal. You might as well put anybody else in goal. They would have played as good as him yesterday. I th- I think he's shot. I don't think... And again, I said to you, when he came in and, you know, Johnston got injured, and I said to you, I still don't think that that he is a better goalkeeper. He is definitely not a better shot stopper. I, I, I mean, for me, anything down to his left-hand side, he does not get. He does not get that. I think he's predominantly right-sided. Anything that happens to him... Decently is going to be down to his right. He doesn't save anything left. He didn't save anything left that went to him, that went through him against Arsenal. He didn't the other night. I, I I just think he has this thing that if you come in from coming off the left hand side and then go down, he's down to anywhere towards the right hand side. He doesn't save it. I don't There's think his to... reactions. I don't think his reactions are quick enough. I really don't.
0: There's a lot of support for what you're saying, Jen, in the chat. A lot of people are making comments to say, you know, Henderson is, isn't a very good goalkeeper without going through every single one of them. Um, it, it's a no-brainer for me that, that Johnston must play in this next game. So, Roy, if you're watching, we want Sam back in goal, please. Okay,
1: right. And I'm going to take a little bit of note and caution of everything you're all saying about uh, Henderson. Uh, number one, he's still a young keeper, okay? Number two, he's likely
0: he's to be up. He's 26. And Harold Johnson... He's pounds a week, Nick. That's not young. The, the, guy, the guy's going to get £5.5 billion pounds pounds
2: a year plus bonuses
1: off OK, just a little word of caution that he's likely to be our future goalkeeper over Johnson. Johnson won't be around much, you know, more than a couple more years, OK? So he will then become the number one. He's got to improve. I get it. I get it. He's got to improve,
2: OK? I do mean,
1: Indeed, indeed, but he was a decent goalkeeper. That which is, but I don't want, I'm so just Sam saying Johnson, I, I just don't want to, people to coat Henderson too much. You know, he's had a few bad games, I get it. Okay, but all goalkeepers go through that, yeah. And Joe, your point about his diving is absolutely right. 20, and James Philbot saying 26 is young for a goalkeeper because you just proved that with uh Sparoni still playing at 40, so just an Be careful before you coat him, guys. He's still a Palace player, okay? Uh, All said and done, he's still a Palace player. Right, very quickly. um, um, By the way, my prediction, okay, are you listening, James? My prediction is Roy Hodgson will be gone, okay? There'll be something in there interim for that game, and we will win 1-0. None of you are going to say that. So, it's normally Philpott's glass is half empty. Today, Philpott's glass is half full, okay, just for once. So, the manager will be gone. And we will sneak a 1-0 victory. Making a note of that, Nigel, because I want a big graphic when it happens next week, okay? Big special graphic for me. Um, I, think I think
3: we'd all change our prediction, Nick, if there was a different manager.
1: Yeah, true. Jill?
3: Anyone's anyway, prediction has come true in the last couple of weeks.
1: Rob <laughs> Cranfield's saying Nick's lost the plot. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're probably did anyone.
2: Did anyone guess the, um, the, the no. Sheffield United score?
1: No. <laughs> Yes, Jill, you got it right. We know
2: it. going to get a free two? Jesus.
1: Joe Wells is saying, have a bet on what Nick (laughs) said. Paul Grant said, what you vape me, Nick. Phil Potts glasses (laughs) (laughs) spikes. Daniel says, well said, Nick. Okay, right. Um, I want to just mention our Instagram account run by the very talented Tom, Tom Clark Samuel. He wants you to like, share, subscribe to our Instagram account. Please, the address is coming up on screen, red underscore and underscore blue underscore at review please give it a like share or follow or do whatever it is if you're watching on facebook and there's still nice nightly of you out there why are you watching on facebook when you should be over on our youtube channel which is at the red and blue review 8132 please give it a like share and follow and hit that bell so you go straight onto the youtube channel and uh talk to us through there each and every sunday night except for we're not doing it next sunday night we're doing it next tuesday night i believe is that right in
0: Yes, I'll be back on Tuesday after the Chelsea game uh, with uh, a very esteemed panel um, on, with me on Tuesday, the 13th of February. I will have Jim Cannon, uh, Jill Holyoke, and Fergus Tidd. And uh, there you go. Eight o'clock on Tuesday, the 13th of February is our next show.
1: And Ian is going to be hosting and in the chair. So give him a dog's abuse like you will give me every week, please. I love it. OK, Mr. Gear.
3: Uh, there's a few people on the chat putting this and there's reports coming out that uh, Mark Gahey is out for the season. So that is probably the last thing we wanted to hear. Hopefully it's not correct um, because that could be uh, a real season-defining injury.
0: Uh, yeah, the
1: other thing going alongside that, Guardian are also reporting that Mark Gahey will be sold in the summer. Uh, so if he goes, Eze goes and Elise goes, God, We've got a brand new shiny stand, it'll be empty, but we'll have a brand new shiny stand and sellers' part. That will be good, right? I think we're going to draw a line on there. Um, boys, thank you very much for your contribution tonight because we did have nothing ready for the show on purpose because I wanted that to go naturally and I think it worked very well, ladies and gentlemen. Our Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're watching, if you are watching the live version of this, I'm grateful for your comments and your contributions. I can see each and every one of them. I will comment on some of them after the show. So thank you very much. If you are listening to us on Catch Up or on your favourite podcast provider, again, thank you for joining us. We will be back next year, or Ian will be back next Tuesday, at eight o'clock with with his own team. Uh, So all it needs me to say is on behalf of this talented bunch of lads and everybody watching, please take care, have a safe... Roy Hodson will be sacked tomorrow morning. You heard it here from Phil Pot first. Good night, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> Good luck.